0: Hey there, Nick Holmes here with another episode of Love the Game, Live the Dream, brought to you by World Baseball Experience, the podcast show that proves you do not have to be a Hall of Famer, a first-round draft choice, or even a high school standout for that matter, in order to make a living in the sport of baseball. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Love the Game, Live the Dream. I'm your host, Nick Holmes, and today's episode is entitled Baseball to Business. And my guest is former professional baseball player and current business entrepreneur David Kesey. David started out in real estate after a successful six-year professional baseball career. He is now currently the founder and head coach of The League. The League is a coaching and mastermind program that helps business owners find a way to win in business and in life. So without further ado, as I always say, sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with David Kesey. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing good, brother. How you doing? Fantastic, man. Just looking out this window here at a beautiful sunny day here in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. Where are you at?
1: Mhm. I am in Santa Clarita, California, which is basically Los Angeles, California.
0: Wow, miss that place, man. Miss you. How are things yeah. going?
1: Uh, things are going good, brother. Like uh running running uh this uh this business over here that coaches supports um, and uh, helps business owners find a way to win. It's kind of been great because the topic we're having today is is basically how I run my entire life, which is you know, um, you know, going from an athlete and a and professional baseball player into real life. <laughs> yes, so it's been great.
0: That yeah. thing we call life. Cool, man. Well, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get into that uh, in depth. Um and find out exactly what it is you're doing, but let's let's start it from the beginning, like all good stories. Where where did you grow up? And uh, yeah. tell me a little bit about your. I mean, I know this, but I want my listeners to know a little bit about your background and your family. And how how did you first get into baseball?
1: Uh, well, kind of like shockingly, I, when I was born, I uh, had complications, and mm-hmm. I was born in Los Angeles California, mm-hmm. um, at Cedars Sinai Hospital, which might be TMI, but that's where I was born, and <laughs> um. I had complications at birth and so my mom had to leave me at the hospital for a few weeks and then, uh, had to come back and get me so they could run tests and all that kind of stuff. And when she picked me up, funny story, right? Like you asked me how I got into baseball. She picked me up from the hospital and she had, um, they were, I think they were called the Gene Autry seats and she took me, uh, to a baseball game. Jeez. So I, you know, I, uh, right out of the gate and I, I don't remember if it was Angels or Dodgers I think it was the Dodgers but mm-hmm. she had these special seats behind home plate so the first thing I saw on the planet was baseball I left the hospital at the Dodger game that's so awesome. no shocker that I'm actually a Dodger fan that's how it all started
2: <laughs> uh huh
1: right that's, that's how I got into baseball I, I kind of uh, fell in love with it because it was the first thing I saw I, I guess well you um,
0: definitely get the record for yeah. the, uh, early, the youngest fan that I've ever spoken to <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Yep. From birth. And
1: then, you know, so, so it went on, right? Like I, um, I was about four years old when I used to sit in front of the TV and watch the Dodgers all the time and knew mm-hmm. that I wanted to someday be a baseball player. And so I was on, you know, I, if, if my parents were the type of parents that were like, you want to play baseball? Okay. You're on five teams at one time mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to drive you around on weekends and that's all you're going to do. And that's kind of all I did through little league through high school um, through college. Um, I had, a, I had a little bit of a setback though, when I was eight years old. Um, a lot of people don't know this about me. So, you know, I'm sharing this on your show. Um, and that is at eight years old, I was hit by a drunk driver and died.
0: Oh my God. So was not expecting yeah, that. Right.
1: Like, so no, right. So you, you're having this, this kid who is, uh, you know, young in little league and, you know, doing this thing, going to school, all that. And then, bam, one day he's hit by a drunk driver and dies. Um, and kind of went through that whole thing. But honestly, like, I think that that, and, you know, to even reveal a little bit more that nobody really knows, even when I've told people that, they don't know that I actually don't have a sense of smell Jeez. because of it.
0: Still to this day? Have I even, have I even told you that? I don't even I, know if I've told you that. I don't think you have, man. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a sense of smell
1: because when I died, I hit my head on the concrete and uh, the doctors can't figure it out, right? I'm not allergic to anything, but they just, that part of the brain for smell just kind of shut down. But the byproduct of that, and this is what the doctors told me, the byproduct, when you lose a sense, I don't know if you know this, but when you lose a sense, the other ones are heightened. They're enhanced.
0: Yep, I have heard that. Same with like blind people or deaf people, yeah.
1: Right, all the other senses are enhanced. So my vision as a young kid was phenomenal.
0: Ah.
1: I had you know 2015, 2010 vision. I could read the label on a baseball at ninety two miles an hour. <laughs> so wow. I don't know that I don't know that I would have been that lucky because you know me, right? Like I'm, I'm five nine, nothing. I don't weigh a lot. How Great. the heck does that guy play professional baseball? Uh-huh. I just I had a gift. So it turns out that that car wreck was actually a gift. I was able to see the ball better than. I normally would have been.
0: That's insane.
1: So kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Holy cow! So, in your family, the, your parents are musicians, or your dad, I know, was a professional musician, right? Yeah. Mhm. And so he didn't push yeah, he a, you into music. Artist. He was. He was. Uh, he loved that you that you played sports. Tell me a little bit about that relationship.
1: He actually. So he was a professional musician. He was on the radio and you know, he was that, that quote, almost famous, right? Mm-hmm. So he was right there, but he wasn't really, he was in country music and he wasn't really a country star, right? He wasn't Dwight Yoakam yet, right. but he was very, very close. And he kind of got his heart broken, much like a lot of people going after something their entire life. And mm-hmm. so his whole thing was, you are not going to go through the, the stuff I had to go through mm-hmm. in that industry. But what he didn't realize was, same thing in baseball. Same and thing in sports, yeah. In, there's good... Yeah. yeah, it was going to be the politics and all that kind of stuff. So to answer the question, no. He was like, great, ignore music, even though I had a talent for it. right? I can write songs, I can play guitar, I can play drums. Mm-hmm. But I didn't start any of that till I was like 15 years old, and then I had to do it behind his back.
2: Because yeah. he was
1: just like, baseball, 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 stay away from music. Right. Um, so he is as talented as he was. Um, he was trying to protect me, and in trying to protect me, actually limited my ability to become even better in music. Wow! But you know, it helped with baseball a lot.
0: Sure, sure. And siblings, brother. Yeah, older brother. Did he was he uh, an athlete or a musician? Which way did he go?
1: So, so he ended up going the music route. Okay. But uh, he had a the gifted arm, right? Like I didn't have the gift. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that could, uh, you know, he's six two, stands on the mound, throws ninety two miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Never really liked baseball.
0: Nah. Just didn't get into it, huh? I
1: really liked it, and that's the truth, right? Like,
0: <laughs> it always happens. I know you and I are the same. We're about the same size, and we've always said that. You look right. at those big guys, and they have to prove they can't play, while we have to prove we can play every single day. And uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you just say, God, if I had that body.
1: <laughs> if I had that body, I'd mean, yeah. That's yeah.
0: right. <laughs> I know it. Okay, so he went the music route, and uh, and uh, and what about uh, what about mom? Where was she in all this?
1: You know, ironically, here's what a lot of people are starting to realize because I I get on stage and I speak in front of hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, and I tell the story about how I became a professional baseball player, and my mom is a big part of that Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't – my mom – what a lot of people think is, you know, dad, dad taught you and dad supported me to the hill. He was the one with, that went down with me to the Fort Lauderdale tournaments in Florida. Mm-hmm. He was always, he was my coach for a long time. I mean, he supported me greatly, mm-hmm. but nobody knew my swing and knew the game of baseball quite like my mom and my family, because um, mm-hmm. her, uh, I think it was her great uncle was a catcher for the Cardinals. And baseball was kind of a thing on her side of the family, where on my dad's side, it wasn't. On my dad's side, it was very much music. Mm-hmm. So my mom was kind of this low-key, speak softly, carry a big stick, mm-hmm. and kind of coach David underground.
2: Nice. And she
1: taught me a lot, man, to the point where she could be listening to the radio and pro ball, and she could hear the sound off my wood bat and go, ah, he doesn't have his weight on his back leg.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? she would know <laughs> I'd be jumping out on my front foot. Like, so my mom, in this whole entire thing, was kind of the person that just, Um, she's the wise farmer girl she grew up uh, playing baseball she didn't like softball she believed in baseball so my mom was a big big part of who I am today and who I was in baseball I mean I remember throwing batting practice to her and she could literally hit the ball in in a little circle wherever she wanted on the field It was pretty incredible
0: yeah that is incredible yeah for sure you do always hear about you know when you talk to you hear interviews with like big league guys, and you know, oh, my dad was my mentor. My dad was my my first coach and my best friend, and all this. Mm-hmm. And every every once in a while, you get a a mom story in there. I love hearing those. Um, so let's uh, let's go to uh, to the baseball career. So high school, obviously, you're yeah. you know a talented high school baseball player. I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you. Tell me about the, you know, college recruiting process for you. Did you have a, I mean, did you want to go to play pro ball right away? Or was it something that you said, I I think I should go to college first and and then look into pro ball? What was your approach there?
1: Well, so for me in high school, uh, it came down, I was supposed to be drafted by the Blue Jays. And it came down to two fielders. It came down to, uh, I was batting almost, I think, 585 or something like that in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next closest guy was a guy named Felipe Lopez, who maybe you've heard that name, right? He played okay. in the big league.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and it, the Blue Jays were trying to decide, right? They were going to take one left-handed pitcher, and they were going to take a fielder. And the fielder they were going to take in the upper round. They were going to take it in top 10. And uh, my agent at the time, Scott Huddleston, he, um, he was working for both of us, which was kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, but... Long story short, they ended up taking Felipe, signing him to a $2 million contract, and I was kind of like, um, I was putting all my eggs in the pro basket. Yeah, I hadn't considered pro ball. Now, here's something to consider. One of the things that, like, I wish I knew Nick Holmes. I wish I knew you when I was in high school. Why is that? Because, because the, you just don't know, right? Like, my parents, with good intentions and busting their tail, just didn't have the knowledge right. to go, this is how you get... This is how you get attention from colleges,
2: right. and this is
1: how you get in. This is how you find your spot, mm-hmm. right? And even pro, like, you're good at that, too. You were a scout, like, or are a scout. Like, you mm-hmm. know how to navigate to the next level. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody like that. It was like me looking at my parents in the living room going, so what do you think? Yeah. How do we do it? I don't know. Let, do,
2: do we <laughs> just
1: send them a letter? Yeah. Do, we get, do we get on the, inter, on the interweb? Back yeah. then, right, like, AOL, you've got mail. Uh, you know, yeah. DSL, dong, dong, <laughs> dong. like how do you reach these people? Um, and if I'd have had somebody like you, I think it would went a lot smoother, sure. but for me it didn't. So that, that draft fell through for me. And then I had to find some place to go to college. Now I got really lucky. I got a full ride to a place in Tennessee. I think they're D one that, that, uh, called David Lipscomb university. Okay. Uh-huh. And I got a full ride there. And what a lot of people and a lot of players listening to this uh, episode right now, Mm -hmm. we'll realize, and I just want to cut to the chase and tell him there are a lot of bad coaches out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not you, right? Like you think, oh, maybe it's me. No, there's a lot. I've had hundreds of coaches. I've had three good ones in my life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so
1: I go to this first college and the guy's a lunatic. He's Mm -hmm. putting a white screen behind the pitchers. So the batter can't see the ball and then telling the pitchers, throw them high and inside. Jesus, <laughs> Okay, well, we can't see the ball. So yeah. needless to say, I end up leaving there. Even though I had the starting position as a freshman, I end up leaving there and I go to California. Hold on one I end sec. up going to a Juco. I,
0: I just wanted yeah. to stop you there because I, I know this guy had some kind of crazy reason why he did that. Did he tell you guys or did he not even tell you why, what his philosophy was there?
1: He didn't tell us the philosophy. Matter of fact, a lot of fights were created a... Um, a, uh, our, one of the reasons I got the starting position, like I was battling with a senior mm-hmm. and it was back and forth. He was like, you might get the position. It might be the senior. And, um, and the only reason I was doing this cause I was still hitting the crud out of the ball, mm-hmm. um, my freshman year, which I wasn't supposed to be doing. The shortstop was up to bat. And the guy, the pitcher threw him high end inside. He couldn't see the ball and it broke his jaw.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. So he was
1: out, right? Like, yeah. and then, um, I mean, It was crazy. He he literally he was abusive. He would like physically hit the players. Oh man! He would do uh, crazy things, right? Like, and I'm I'm not going to name his name, but the guy the guy was nuts. Yeah. Uh, And there's a lot of coaches out there that are kind of crazy.
0: Sure, sure. Okay, yeah. Go ahead, continue. Sorry, I just was wondering if maybe he had some crazy like. uh, This is going to make it tougher for you to see the ball. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, no. I (laughs) I think that probably he would justify it like that. Sure. But what I think he liked most when I look back on him, he liked to be different. Mm -hmm. And he thought by doing something like that, it was outside the box and he would, um, right? Like if if people want strategies on how to see the ball better, you and I can dish those out all day long and we know they work and they don't break your jaw.
0: Right, exactly. Um. You don't need to reinvent the wheel by trying to get creative. Yeah.
1: Right. No, no, no. That's right. And so I ended up going to the West Coast and lost my – I literally gave up a full ride mm. right? Like to, to go to the West Coast. And because I thought – again, I didn't have a Nick Holmes around to go, uh, it's not that easy to get another scholarship. I thought, I got a full ride from you. I'll go to the West Coast, and I'll, I'll get anybody. Mm-hmm. Now, the mistakes I made along the way let – me, let me backtrack for a second. I made a lot of mistakes because I didn't have somebody like you in my life. Mm-hmm. I actually got an offer from Andy Lopez when he was a coach for the Gators. Mm-hmm. And it was a 60% ride. And that was all the money they had. And That's he's big. like, I've got 60% for you to come here. Mm-hmm. Now, if I could go back, I would take that in two seconds flat. Right. In two sec- but I didn't. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm the best hitter in the state of Florida. I'm going to go get a full ride somewhere else. Right. You know who he ended up taking instead of me?
0: Hmm. No, who?
1: David Eckstein.
0: Ah, oh. Eck.
1: Yeah. That's right. But look at the look at the past, right? That's why somebody like you is so critical.
0: And he's even smaller like than dude you. On this
1: <laughs> dude, he's tiny. He's like five six.
0: Yeah.
1: Has to has to like dunk in a, in a in a water tank so he weighs enough when he goes out on the field. The guy is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Like, and he's by the way, World Series ring.
0: I was just gonna say he's got a ring. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. guy's
1: a stud. So if, imagine where I'd be if I had the guidance of somebody like you, mm-hmm. you or even the, a show like this mm-hmm. to listen to. Yeah. It would have been a game changer. So, um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Leaving that full ride place might have been one, too. Um, I went to the West Coast and nobody was giving offers. And they were like, you can walk on at College of the Canyons." Mm-hmm if you'd like, but you're not going to play. And then I had to deal with all the politics of going four for seven and then sitting for two weeks and, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff that went on. And college was brutal, man. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. College was brutal. I was at a different school every year, um, with the exception of the last school I went to. I was there two years. So I, I switched from freshman year. I went to uh, David Lipscomb University. I went to College of the Canyons and a place called Masters. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. I got the short end of the stick on all of them. Even mm-hmm. though I was outperforming the other players, they mm-hmm. kind of had their guys and the politics were there, right? right? And so then I ended up going to a place called um, Cal State Dominguez Hills, mm-hmm. and met one of the greatest coaches that I have ever played under named Murphy Sua, who played in the Dodger organization and for the Brewers. And the guy literally turned my entire baseball career around. It was arguably one of the people that allowed professional baseball to even be in the mix. So yeah. I know that a lot of people listening to this are like, man, this is tough, man, I'm getting screwed, man, I'm getting the short end of the stick, and you might be, but I had always just found a way, right? Like, I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to be a professional baseball player, and when I felt like I was going down a path, because I was just figuring it out, Mm -hmm. when I felt like I was going down a path that wasn't leading to that, I bailed and I went somewhere else, right? and made a lot of mistakes along the way, but still found
0: a way. That's what it takes. That's exactly what it takes. So, and then... uh, Pro career, so you you're, you finished up at Dominguez Hills, and then what?
1: Yeah, I uh, finished up. Now, here's what's interesting, right? I was in the the I was in the draft again for mm-hmm. the Dodgers, and I was doing great in college. I was uh, leading in doubles. Um, I had a lot more pop, hitting a lot more home runs. I had kind of stepped. I was a late bloomer, so I kind of stepped into my role. I was hitting a lot of home runs, and this is the interesting thing that I always get on stage and talk about, right? So. College was there, and I was, you know, I was grooving. I had two or three or four scouts there, getting ready to draft me, and looking at—they were at every single game. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy named uh, Larry Robles who ended up playing professional baseball as well. Guy had a gun for an arm; he was a pitcher. And I'm playing second base one day, and this batter that we're playing against turns around to bunt the ball. Well, Larry picks up the ball. I'm playing second base, so I'm covering first on the bunt play. Larry throws the ball a little bit up the line. I commit to go get it. And even though it's into the runner and the runner runs into my wrist and breaks my wrist. Ugh. And as you know, in professional baseball and professional baseball, they don't buy damage. goods. All the scouts got up and walked out and wrote me off. There it is. So literally yeah. a, there it was right. Like, yeah. and I, the season came to an end. I was trying to play with one arm. It was, I was still hitting doubles, but the doubles consisted of, you know, hitting a chopper over the third baseman. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't,
1: it wasn't anything, wasn't anything pretty. Yeah. And, um, you know, ended up season over, don't know what to do, and that's where that, that wonderful angel of a coach, Murphy Sua came in. He said, I want you to come play on my summer team. We're going to be in front of a lot of scouts on these tournaments. I'm like, okay, great. Um, but, you know, that didn't really manifest. What manifested, Nick, honestly, and this is wh- how I started my entire company, man, is off, I just found a way. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to play pro ball. Yeah. So I got online, um, in the early days of those internets, right? And the yeah. internet,
2: internets.
1: um, <laughs> plural, like there's more than one. I love it. Um, and I, uh, and I just started to look for all these teams, like who, who, what second baseman and shortstops weren't doing good. And then I'm just going to go out there and try out.
0: Yeah. And See, so that's I did. Cr- I called up that's crazy. That's, I didn't mean to stop you there, man. It's just you, people that are listening, you guys that are listening, I mean, you didn't even think about that 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It was either you played for an organization through Major League Baseball or you didn't play at all. And here you are right. looking out going, "Hey, you know, the the Angels, the Dodgers, whatever. They're not the only professional baseball teams in the world. There's a whole independent league out here. There's one in the West Coast, there's one that's in the right. Northeast." And so, you know, that's right. just the, that just shows the You know, uh, the level of, you know, tenacity that you had to go get it and find out, Okay, well, if I don't play for the Red Sox, who cares? I'll go play for the Tallahassee Warthogs. I don't care as long as I'm playing pro ball.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know who else took that path? Kevin Millar.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Right. Yeah. Kevin Millar came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. out of independent ball. He just found a way, and so I literally took the last four hundred and fifty dollars I had to my name. I actually had four hundred. I had to borrow fifty from my mother. Got on a plane, and then got a rental car, and went out to Kansas City, and tried out for a place called the the a team called the T Bones.
0: The T Bones. Yeah.
1: The T Bones, man. I played there a year and a half. Never never got a single T Bone steak. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Um, and so I go out there and I try out. And, you know, to make, a, to make a long story short, the guy ran me through the ringer, man. He's like, we don't take people like that. You got to go through our scouting bureau. And I'm like, well, I'm at least out here. You can let me try out. And he, he gives me this offer. He says, look, I don't know if we're going to take you or not. You can come on this road trip with us. It's a five-day road trip down to El Paso. Uh, I can't give you any money. I can't make you any promises. And I can't pay for a hotel room or anything like that. But if you want to come, you can come. <laughs> and the caveat was? If he decides that he's not going to take me while we're on the road, he had to drop me off the bus wherever we are.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's...
1: And so, like, what do you do, right? Like, do you go, uh... so I call up my mom. And I said, uh, you know, now my mom is the person who told me, baby, just go find a way. Just yeah. go out there. They'll mm-hmm. take you. Just go. She believed in me, right? Right. So I called her for advice. And I'm like, Mom, what do you think I should do? And she starts crying over the phone. She starts crying. She's like, you need to come home. That's not safe. You gave it your best shot. And the thing that was heartbreaking, dude, was Mm -hmm. that the crying felt to me like my mom was saying, this isn't fair. My baby deserves better. Right. And he got, he got screwed and that's not fair.
2: Mm -hmm. He lost Mm
1: -hmm. and I couldn't take it. And I knew I was right there. And like, I had this feeling of if I leave now, I'll never know because I'm looking at these guys on the field and I'm like, they're not better than me. I know I can do that. Mm-hmm. I know I can hit that pitcher. I know I can. Right. And so I said, Mom, I love you. I was just kidding. Of course, they're going to pay for stuff. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Yeah. And I had to hang up with my crying mom. Yeah. And I show up at the bus at 3 a.m. in the morning. I walk on the bus and the manager is sitting in the front seat. And he goes, David Kesey, I knew you'd show up. And he pulled the contract out of his bag and gives it to me. He says, welcome to the team.
0: Wow. Imagine how close you were, man. You could have just walked away. <laughs>
1: that's crazy. Imagine how many people are that
0: close. Oh God, that well, most people away. would most people wouldn't have, uh, you know, taken their last four hundred bucks and gone out to Kansas City. They, they just no. they, they would have had someone yeah. talk them out of it if they didn't talk themselves out of it. So that's you know that's crazy. Oh, what a great yeah. what a great story, man. That is phenomenal. So yeah, so that's yeah. where the that's where the the career started, and 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 you you played another six years on top of it, right?
1: I played another six years on top of it and it you know, I can tell you story after story after story over those six years that were just like that one. I remember batting four hundred in spring training and getting released. Wow. Batted yeah. four hundred in spring training, got released, and you know what I did? Huh. I said, I'm gonna sleep in the clubhouse and try out for the opposing teams that come in. <laughs> and I I had so many no's, Nick, I had you know Jack Clark. Remember Jack Clark? Oh yeah. Jack Clark was a manager. He he came in. And he was like, nope, I didn't know this. But Jack Clark is like six ten. Yeah, he's, I don't know how he's tall he's huge. He, yeah. He's big. Yeah. yeah, and um, and Pete Rose. Here's a short little story. Before I got released, Pete Rose came out to do a um, a like a like a some kind of PR thing where he'd come out to draw fans uh-huh. and he sat next to me. And this is what I think gave me hope. Little things like these serendipitous things would happen, right? So Pete Rose is sitting next to him. I'm sitting next to Pete Rose on the bench uh-huh. and he goes, you know what I like about the way you play? And I'm like, nothing like, <laughs> Oh my God, what? <laughs>
2: there is one.
1: Goes, yeah. I'm like shocked. <laughs> and he's, and he's r- ridiculously intimidating by yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, he's just so powerful. And, He goes, I like that you never dust yourself off when you slide. And I love that you never take your eye off the ball, even when the catcher throws it back to the pitcher. And that was all it took for me. I was like, I'm the greatest baseball player that ever lived.
0: Pete Rose just told me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pete Rose just told me, right? And then I get released. If Pete Rose hadn't said that, I don't know if I'd have went home or not. But I didn't. I just stayed there. I got nose. Jack Clark told me to screw off. I kept going. And then finally a team from Chicago picked me up. I hopped on their bus and off I went. And wow. then you know what and, and I want I'm hoping to tell this story hoping that guys that are listening to this right now or gals that are listening to this go I hit the adversity too but it doesn't mean I won't make it. Right. You know what I mean because the next year I played on a team called the Fort Worth Cats. Mm-hmm. There was a guy named Barry Moss that took interest in me and he's like that I like that. You're like the old school ball players and I like that. I ended up winning two Championship rings the next two years,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was the starting shortstop, mm-hmm. and I was great. the and I was the um, I was the uh, postseason MVP. Wow! So I won two Gold Gloves, I got two rings, and I was postseason MVP one year. None of that would have happened if, when I got punched in the face, I didn't get up and keep going. Right? Because I'm not overly talented like i don't think that guys like you and me nick are talented we're just relentless and we find a way to win
0: well most you know i find the same thing especially in baseball that most of those guys most of those stories like you just told are exactly the same players cut from the same cloth you know the ones that the one the one percenters um you know the ones that don't have to you know, work too hard. They just kind of show up and things happen for them because of their size or their power or their speed or, you know, whatever it was they were blessed with from birth. I don't know, man. It's just the, the work that's involved is is so much that, you know, just too many people just quit. You know, just too many. It's just too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if those guys didn't have that talent or that, um, I guarantee you they'd quit too. You know, it's, it's just, yeah. I, I mean, we could go forever. Yeah, on and the and-
1: champions, So when you get the, you know, the Barry Bonds, the Ted Williams, the the Tony Gwynns, right? Mm -hmm. what, What that is, is super talented people that put in all the work
0: ethic too. Right, right yeah all the all the right, ones that didn't make it, yeah all the ones that all the all the first rounders or the the number one overall picks that have gone down the drain in, in the history of the game, those how were all many the guys that yeah, so many of them and and that's all the reason right there if they uh-huh. if they put in the hard work with that, they would be legends but
1: and I think and I think it's one other thing, right like so yes, it's work ethic and that and definitely that is it, but I also think, Nick, that it is the ability to get you know metaphorically punched in the face, yep and keep moving forward because it hurts man you know getting rejected getting screwed over by coaches and players and all that it hurts it hurts in your soul yeah yeah it does and the ability to go i'm gonna keep moving forward i'm gonna keep moving forward having the strength to get punched in the face and spit out the blood and look at him like now you're done
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely is,
1: is is a is a quality that i think a lot of people need to have
0: it, yeah, absolutely. Imagine how many people or are, are, are how successful we could be as, as a community, as a country, as a human race, if just a small percentage of people had that mindset. It, it would be incredible. So going into this is a perfect segue into what drove you. To start your business and get involved with, you know, helping other people, um, because of what you learned from that experience from baseball. I mean, obviously, anybody can go out there and, and hit a you know, hundred tees a day and run wind sprints and lift weights and work on their arm and do all this stuff. But you know, like we say in the scouting world, I mean, tools are one thing, but how do you use those tools? What's your skill set? Because I saw guys, you know, all over the world uh, that having incredible amount of tools. How do they play on the field? You know, how do the, how do those tools get put together? So going into the business world, what tools did you take from that and say, "Hey, this is the same thing. It's just in a different field."
1: My entire life, all of it, right? So like my entire business model my ability, so I have this unique ability, and I know you have this too because I've coached with you, mm-hmm. right? Like we worked together for a long time. That's right. And when you, when you were, you know, own, when you owned the baseball company. So mm-hmm. um, I, I had this unique ability because I wasn't the overly talented guy. I had this unique ability to coach because I had made every single mistake possible. I had spent my entire life trying to find a way to get an advantage. I had looked at all 10 ways of hitting and found, you know, yes, they all work and they all don't. Mm -hmm. It depends on what works for who, right? Like all who I am in my DNA is a baseball player. And I found that athletes make really good business owners. Yes. Because sure. they know discipline, they know hard work, they know teamwork, they know all these things, they know strategy, they know what it takes to build skills, they know all these different things. I even have, you know, when you say, like, is there anything that you uh, that you took from baseball, like the tools and the skills in the business? Yes, like, I believe that there's five tools that somebody needs to be successful, not just in baseball, but in everything. And, and the first one is power. Mm-hmm. Right, like, does, does somebody have the ability to be powerful? And uh-huh. what I mean by powerful is how, the, how, how powerful you are is determined by how fast you can make your goals become a reality. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So like are you powerful? Uh-huh. Power, power and force are two different things. Force is I yell, kick, and scream to get what I want. Power is I show up and the circumstances are affected by me because of who I'm being.
0: Uh-huh. Am great. I being
1: a team player? Like Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter walks in the clubhouse and the team is uplifted immediately. Right. Right. That's just who he is. Power is one. I think persuasion is another. And it's something that I lacked in my baseball career that I wish I had, which is the ability. Look, let's be honest. A good agent. Anybody who's played pro ball knows that a good agent can make or they, they can make or break your career. Right. Is the agent persuasive to get you what you want? And I found that in life, if you don't have persuasion skills, the ability to make friends and influence people, Mm -hmm. it's really tough to get major results outside of baseball, but even in baseball, right? So you've got power, you've got persuasion, you've got psychology, the Mm -hmm. mindset of what's going on. I think this is why I think athletes are so good in business because they can, you know, when I don't win every time. I'm okay with it where other people lose and they're just devastated. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, I've gone over 30, 70, 70 times in my career mm-hmm. that I can't even count them. Right. I've gone, you know, when I'm crushing it, I'm getting three or four hits out of 10 mm-hmm. and people can't handle failure. They can't handle it. But you know, the psychology is going to allow you to be able to keep pushing forward. So the, the psychology that you learn on the way to mastering baseball which you never really master, right? But trying right. to master it and the journey along the way, the, the mindset and tools and the mental toughness you get from that is going to make all the difference in the world. And then you've got performance, mm-hmm. which we talked about, which is persistence, the ability to go out there and take the swings, take the ground balls, uh, put in the work, do the sprints, do all those things. That's another tool, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then you've got, you've got productivity, which is at the end of the day, it's about finding a way to win. Mm-hmm. You can do everything right, but when there's an L in the column, we need to, we need to get back to the board and work again because it's all about results. Right. And those are, and by the way, in my life, I have people in the league that are business owners, entrepreneurs. I, call, I ask them, are you a five-tool player? Mm-hmm. Do you have all those? Do you have power, persuasion, persistence, production, performance? Do you have those five tools? Mm-hmm. Psychology, do you have the five tools, or are you a four-tool player, or are you a three-tool player? Right. The beauty is, in life, yes, there still requires talent. To be the major entrepreneurs, the Steve Jobses of the world, it's going to take talent plus hard work, just like baseball. Right. But it doesn't mean you can't run a successful business, crush it, make good money, have the life you want by building the skills of a 5 tool player. So I, I definitely have taken everything from baseball, and it is who I am in my DNA. It's why I became a top salesperson at every company i went to. It's why I became a national speaker. I literally just take the lessons that I learned in baseball and I live them every day. Yeah. So what I want people to know from that is this, dude, and you've done it too. I've watched mm. your career. It's been amazing. <laughs> you, you, everything is relative, right? Like who you have become. Because of the journey of baseball, has shaped you to be a successful person in life. Right. So even if they don't make it to the major leagues, even if they don't play professional baseball, even if they don't play college baseball, the journey of becoming a master at baseball will prepare you
0: for life. I agree, 100%. 100% yeah. Dave Kesey. Ladies and gentlemen, 100 percent Keys are a little joke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that. I love it. So the league, tell yeah. me about this league, all right? And what's going on with it? We've had several conversations over the last few weeks. Um, I mean, first of all, we got um, back in touch again after about a four or five-year hiatus there, where I was down in Costa Rica, and uh, you know you were doing some real estate stuff, the last I had heard. Mm-hmm. And, and then we got back in touch again through the, uh, the beauty of uh, social media. And of course, you know, like all good friends, whenever you get, you know, in touch again, it just seems like it's been a day, not a year or five years or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we jump, we jump back right on to, uh, you know, talking about life and business and things. And you've helped me out. I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now if it weren't for you, to be honest with you. So um, because you, you know, you, you. Made me find myself again, and you know, you, you know, you're telling me about how we understand each other. We're cut from the same cloth. We do a lot of the same things yeah. in inside and outside of baseball, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that I owe you a lot of of, uh, of thanks and and gratitude for you know kicking me in the butt and saying, you know, what are you waiting on? You know, put put it together, yeah. get the website. You already got the website done, you know, start doing the podcast and putting it down and I'll be your first right. guest and, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. I I really want to give you a, a, a public shout out here and, and thank you for that. So what, what yeah, I'm man. getting at now is... Tell me about the league. How can more guys like myself and yourself and, 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 and uh, you know, guys out there that are looking, and girls, of course, I, I mean both, um, that are looking to, course, yeah. you know, find their, their niche or find their kick in the ass, um, what can the league do for them? Yeah,
1: so the league, if you are an athlete, uh, that is what I've noticed about this. And I actually did this inventory the other day. I was looking through the league and the league is basically, uh, you know, the league is a coaching and mastermind program mm-hmm. that helps business owners find a way to win in business and life. So entrepreneurs, business owners, commission-based salespeople, and I do a lot of life coaching as well, but, um, it basically helps people to find a way to win. Cause what I found brother, and you know, this, right. This is mm-hmm. why you and I connecting again is so critical when you are committed to high levels of performance, mm-hmm. you find yourself alone a yes. lot. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't count the number of Friday nights where everybody else went to a party and I'm hitting off the tee in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm by myself. And not only am I by myself, but when anybody else knows I'm doing it, I'm made fun of. Right, Because for some reason, when you commit to these amazing things happening in your life, for your business other people you know you got to get haters oh yeah haters are a good sign that you're moving in the right direction
0: that's right that that's right so, it, for sure
1: and so the league is i formed the league to let um you know people who are amazing and and want to be amazing here's what it is people who are players that are committed to being champions mm-hmm. i've created this league for those people Right, so that they can win business, they can win in life um, through adopting the five tools and going through the system that we go through for them. I mean, we've had people, uh, professional fighters, we've had um, you know basketball players, lacrosse players, military, military. This is what I was going to say earlier. I did inventory of who's in the league. One hundred percent of them are former athletes or former military. Every one of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's
1: and right, guys and gals. Right. Yeah. And I found that the reason the league is so effective in helping them is there's no coaching or mastermind programs out there that can relate to them. Right. Right. that can, that can relate and go, Hey, 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 you already know how to succeed. Let's just put, let's just take all those attributes you have and put it in the business and life.
0: Let's Mm -hmm. put it
1: in your relationship and watch your relationship take off. Let's, let's put it in your business and watch your business take off. Mm -hmm. Let's put it into your health again. Like, I don't know about you, but when baseball stopped for me, I, I remember being on the treadmill and I was five minutes into a run. And because I wasn't working out towards baseball anymore, I was like, what the hell am I doing on
2: this thing? Yeah.
1: And I got off, and I didn't work out for six months. Right. Because I just lost my purpose. Exactly. So I help people find their way in, in that, too. So that's what the league is. That's what it's committed to. Um, generally, the age group in there is, is somewhere between uh, 23 and 50. Mm-hmm. Um because we, we, I'm pretty intense in there, right? I'm a, I'm a damn coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I demand results and I demand you play at a higher level. And I think athletes and military get that. They respond well to competition, which you know we do inside the league. We just had a competition last month in July where um, millions and millions of dollars in income has increased just last month as a result of, the, of getting them to compete with each other. They're like, "What a competition! I'm going to win." Yeah, right. And then they they do really well. So that's what we do. That's what I specialize in. I've always been really good at coaching tra- and training people to play at higher levels.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's for sure. I mean, I tell you, I'm, I was lucky to to find you when I did in my uh, baseball academy. And Steve Eastwood and I used to say after getting to know you and listening to your lessons and we we would uh, go for a beer afterwards and and talk about you and say wow how lucky did we get finding a guy like this cuz you know if we could duplicate oh, that cool. if we, if we could replicate that and get three or four more David Keseys in here we wouldn't have to work we could <laughs> we could just sit back and sign <laughs> sign kids up and say yep you're with him you're with him and you're with him and knowing that they're going to get equally if not better uh a lesson than than if we were doing it ourselves and that was the best part about it is uh um, you know, thriving off of that and 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 watching you do that and that was you know shit that was 15, well dude I 15 could I could
1: say the same exact thing about you I mean I think yeah. we changed each other's lives for sure
0: absolutely so the find a way yeah. is the new uh, podcast right oh yeah the podcast the find a way y- and you've said this man. I, I yeah. haven't I haven't said anything but I I think I counted seven times that you used the term I found a way or uh, it was about finding a way. Uh, just in the last, uh... 39 minutes that we've been talking, I actually lost count at seven. So, uh, and, and I wanted to bring that, I wanted to bring that up because obviously it's a great title for the podcast and for what your, you know, your motivation is to, to, to get this message across to these people is because you use Mm -hmm. that term in your, you know, in, in every day. I mean, you use that term vernacular every single day. So tell us a little bit more about what the find a way podcast is and, and is it out on iTunes? Can we find it? Can we subscribe to it yet?
1: Yeah, you can, uh, if you type in Find a Way Daily, or I think even if you type in David Kesey, okay. uh, it will pop up in podcast. Uh-huh. Um, basically, what it is, is it's me giving you, it's called Find a Way Daily. Okay. And every single day, now think about the commitment here, right? Like yeah. every single day, I'm doing a podcast for people to, to give them awareness and help them find a way. Because what I've found is this. One way doesn't fit all. Like I was talking about with the hitting philosophies earlier. Yes. One way doesn't fit all. I mean, you look at it, Alex Rodriguez, early in his career, he used to hit off his front leg and he crushed the ball. Mm-hmm. Then later on, he hit off his back leg and he still crushed the ball. Mm-hmm. Other people can't hit off their back leg. So what I'm constantly doing is I'm taking lessons from my life
2: mm-hmm.
1: and struggles that I go through that I've figured out, and I'm putting them in five to ten-minute segments for you to listen to every day so that you can go, You know what? Am I doing that in my life? Maybe maybe that'll help me find a way to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm constantly, every single day, thinking about my audience, thinking about what they could be going through. And what I found is we all have the same struggles. Mm -hmm. We all have a common enemy of our past, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? We all have this these common dragons that we need to slay. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that you and I, right? We've gone through the same stuff, and we've gone through like that baseball story. I can't tell you how many people are like, Oh my God, I'm going through that right now. Even if they don't, even if they're not an athlete. So right. the find a way daily podcast is me giving you, you know, five, 10 minutes of coaching on something that could possibly is going on in my life and, or in my client's life that I think could help whoever's listening.
0: That's fantastic stuff, man. That's great. And like you said, there's always going to be somebody there that they might listen to that one episode and go, "Ah, eh, that's not really me. I'm not struggling with that. Then they come back and they listen yeah. to the next one and go, that's it. That's, that's what I needed to hear right there.
1: Completely. You know? And that's what makes yep. a great
0: coach. And you know, we've always talked about that too, how you know, when, when I would go on in- job interviews, you know, whether it was for coaching or for scouting, and they would always ask me, you know, what's your hitting philosophy? And I said, well, it depends on who I'm talking to you know it depends That's on right. depends on the hitter i can't sit here and tell right. you that i'm using the same philosophy for this guy that i used for that guy because i don't know what makes him right. tick yet and once you figure out what That's makes right. him tick and how they respond like you, like that coach that you had in uh, nashville there might have been as bad of a coach as he was and i agree with you 100% just from what you you told me there yeah, might have been one there might have been one kid on that team that loved him you know there might have been five guys on that team that loved him because <laughs> right. they they yep. they had the same mindset or they they believed in what he was doing was for a good reason, and whatever it was, it doesn 't right. matter, but as long as it mattered to them, right. So, you know, it's that's right. you know, it's not always the the most popular idea or it's not always the most cutting edge thing right. that works whether it's your swing or your pitching mechanics or like you said, your life or your relationships or your health. Yep. You, you had a perfect example of getting on that treadmill and going, "What the fuck am I doing here? I'm not I'm not trying to get in shape. <laughs> right. I'm not trying to get in shape for spring yeah. training. I'm just on here because it's right. all I know how to do. I'm just used to doing it." Right. And uh and right. I went through I went through the same thing too, man. You know, my you you know, once I got out of the military and then, you know, back into sports and, you know, if, if I didn't have a reason to get in shape, I was, you know, I was eating and drinking and, and sitting on the couch, flipping a remote because there was just nothing to go for. Yep. Um, but no, yep. that's, that's, that's incredible, man. I really am I'm excited to check that out uh, and, and subscribe to it and listen to it. Let's see. Thanks, what, what else do we have to talk about here, Keith? We got a few more minutes, man. I love that we both talk fast so we can get an hour and a half into about 45 minutes.
1: I also, well, you, you know what, you and I also can literally be staying up till two or three in the morning, playing guitar, drinking a beer, and talking <laughs> yeah. too, So we can, we can, right. we can not stop.
2: That's um, right. But I,
1: you know, I'd like people to know your story and what you're committed to, because God, I wish I had you when <laughs> I was in high school. I think, I think somebody like you in my life changes the game. So I want to know more about what you, what you do, what you're committed to and your journey.
0: Well, that seems like I should be on your podcast then.
1: <laughs> then you, you know what? That's a good idea. You're going me, to be on my podcast. There it
0: is. Chalk it in. Call Nick yep. Holmes and set an appointment for Find Away Podcast.
1: <laughs> it, I, I'm putting it in right now. So, um, I,
0: Go ahead. I was just going to say my my ears sparked up when you said that 100% of your members are former military or athletes. And uh, you know, of yep. course I'm sitting here, you know, saying I I did both of those, so I know exactly what it takes to have thick skin and but yeah, I I I'd, I'd love to yep. do that, you know. I'm excited to be involved. Basically, I'm excited to be involved in your life again, you know, and, and without getting too, you know, sentimental and all that, man, it's just when you said mm-hmm. about it's lonely at the top, you know, successful people, you know, have a hard time dealing with the you you know, aloneness, because everybody seems to be against mm-hmm. them. You know, the mass, if everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. That's right. And I, yeah. I, I if you want, there's
1: also a thing that says, if you want to please everybody, it's very easy. Do nothing, say nothing, be nothing,
0: there you go, yeah, and th- and those are all yeah. great quotes, but i I've, i I talked to that uh, to my young coaches out here uh, on the field, the guys that i 'm training every day that are out there trying mm-hmm. to you know teach these kids all the same, and I said, you know number one we 're living in a different society guys you you can 't you know, you can't totally. get into a kid's face like you could, you know, when I was growing up and when you were growing up because they just they're not used to it. Their parents aren't doing it. Their teachers can't do it. Um, they don't respond to it. Everybody's getting coddled. Everybody's yeah. getting, the uh, you know, we can get on the whole participation awards and all that. But, you know, it is what it is right now. And you've got to figure out huh, you've got to find a way to, you know, get to that kid. Um, without making them do push ups every time they make a mistake. That worked for me. I hated doing push ups. I hated running extra laps. So I performed out of fear. You know, negative reinforcement Correct. worked for me. Mine was you get yeah. it done and you get it done the first time and then you don't have to worry about it um, rather than having to do it the hard way. But like I said, that's a little bit more right. of a military, you know. Um, uh, frame of mind so today's world's a yeah. little bit different but you know talking to these young coaches 17 18 19 year old coaches you know i, I tell them i said you you guys got to figure it out and the only way to figure it out is by trial and error you know what can you what can you get out of this kid experience how can you get him to respond too many
1: people too many people we live in an information rich and experience and wisdom poor society
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. yep i agree absolutely yep Wait, and so knowledge
1: much. has to be through wisdom and experience at some point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, the secrets most people are looking for are on the journey to getting where they want to go. Right. You're not going to find it on Google. You're not yeah. going to find it. You're, people are just regurgitating info. Info on Google has become useless because there's so much. The only way you're going to get experience and wisdom and the secrets that people want to know is screwing it up. Mm-hmm. And going, that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's, so we it's, again.
0: at some point, you got to go out and try it and fail at it and then try it again. And instead of sitting there reading about it or watching it on a video or, you know, sitting in a lecture hall, and you got to go out and put the action into it and see what happens. Right. That's right. Yeah. I agree 100%. Well, hey, buddy. Yeah, buddy! I am ecstatic about this, man. It's been a great interview. I want to do it again. This is not going to be our last one. Of course not, because there's so many. Dude, we can talk forever. There's so many topics that we can discuss. We could take down several different topics that we just went over and, and create a whole another. That's right. Well, shit. Maybe we ought to just do our own show together. I'll just scrap this whole baseball idea and we'll just do another show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just. I'm ready to do this as a full time gig, man. I don't know, man. It. I, I don't know if I'm cut out for the grassroots, uh, coaching anymore with these kids. It's just such a different, different, uh,
1: well, you've been doing it so long. Oh, I'm getting burnt, man. So
0: I tell you, I'm getting burnt. It's, yep. I, I want to work with, uh, with, with you. adults, you know, with people that can, uh, you yep. know, take a punch and, and come back with something that, uh, you know, is, is tangible, you know, something that they can say that they tried and it worked or they tried and it didn't work. These just, uh, it's frustrating, but you know, that's a whole nother topic, whole nother day. All right, buddy. Yep. I'm yeah, gonna I let you go, um, and I promise I, I you. we'll get we'll get together again, and I will answer those questions you have for me. So if you yeah, wa- I'd love it. If you want to do you know something this week or next week or whatever, give me a shout, and we'll shit. We can just get on and do a little little ten minute find find-a-way. I'd love it. All right, man. Go out and crush the rest of the day.
1: All right, stud. You too. Thank
0: you. Talk to you. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Love the Game, Live the Dream, brought to you by World Baseball Experience. And if you haven't had a chance, please check out the website over at www.worldbaseballexperience.com. That's all spelled out. And I think you'll find some interesting information over there, including the most recent world rankings. So if you're into that kind of stuff, international baseball, blogs, pictures, videos, it's all right there. So if you could, please do me a favor and pass this on to any other seam head friends of yours that you run into. And if you don't like it, well, then just keep it to yourself and move about your day. Thanks again. I've been your host, Nick Holmes, and I'll see you next time. Take care.